Welcome to No Sanity Required from the Ministry of Snowbird Wilderness Outfitters, a podcast about the Bible, culture, and stories from around the globe. Hey, welcome to the No Sanity Required podcast. I wanted to take a minute today and address or speak to the situation that, that, that we're facing as a nation and as the church. And we we met on this and talked about the fact that we felt like there there are enough people that, that listen to what we put out as far as content, podcasts, stuff like that at Snowbird Wilderness Outfitters that we needed to make some sort of a statement. You know, there's a lot of ministries and ministry leaders that we really trust that are writing on this, speaking on this, and and I feel like there's a lot of good content, but wanted wanted to at least uh, let you know kind of where our thoughts and hearts are right now, where our minds are. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to share with you what I shared with our church on Sunday evening. State of North Carolina has banned um, the governor has banned any meetings over 100 people, and so we opened the doors of our church. We're a rural community. Uh, Snowbird ministers to literally hundreds of thousands of people. Um, on site, we we minister to twelve or fourteen thousand people a year, just depending on how you count it. Those that stay just for the day, or those who are like doing you know camps and conferences. But I'd say twelve thousand is probably about where we'll land this year. And but our little church is uh, Red Oak Church is a small congregation, about two hundred fifty people on a normal Sunday which is pretty small compared to a lot of churches. But in our rural area, it's actually a pretty pretty substantial size meeting. Andrews is a town of about 15, 1,600 people. So uh, we, we went ahead and had church. We encouraged uh, folks that uh, needed to stay home to stay home, those who were healthy and in a certain um, demographic to come on in. Uh, we didn't have any kind of child care, nursery, anything like that. So most of the families with small babies stayed home um, we had we had uh, our younger families that have kids in that probably six to twelve year old bracket, and then youth were there with us. And we had about ninety people. I think it was eighty seven people that attended on Sunday. Everyone else tuned in by way of live streaming. So I wanted to share with you what we shared, the audio of what we shared with our church during our corporate prayer time at the beginning of our service. We we pause and we have a time of corporate prayer. Hope this is an encouragement in the time of crisis that we're facing. Let's. Uh, this this is the time of the service where we have corporate prayer and confession. We uh, we we like to spend some time before we open the scripture, just searching our own hearts and minds. And typically, we will do that with a charge from scripture, a challenge from the Word of God. Uh, and tonight, I want to I want to just take a few minutes in preparing our hearts to worship. Whether you're here, uh, by the way, there are 87 people here. And the governor has said um, more than 100 is, is a no-go. So we would not have kept more than 100 in here. I want to make that clear. We're, we're not doing this as an act of defiance, okay? And so what we're doing is um, there's an opportunity where we could come together and worship and not break any laws. And we don't think in doing that we're being irresponsible. And so um, you guys saw the, the announcement this morning and said, hey, if you're, if you're sick or, or, or you're a high-risk person, then use your discretion. Um, but we've gathered, as God's people have gathered, oftentimes in time of pestilence and famine. It's, it's beautiful, the words we're going to study in a few weeks in Romans 8, where Paul writes, what will separate us from the love of God? Will pestilence or famine or tribulation 
Well, those things separate us from the love of God, and there's something special about the gathering of God's people, the assembling of God's people together. That being said, we, we do live in a, in a different situation than those that live in large cities or bigger communities. There are many, many of our friends and family that worship in churches in larger towns and communities. I think of a, a pastor friend that I, I watched their live stream this morning, and he preached from his living room. They're in a real populated area, and he said, man, we felt like the most responsible thing we could do for our community was, you know, really, really uh, try, to, try to fall in line with what everyone else is doing. So this is, we're not doing this tonight to, to be able to say, look back and say, well, we didn't, you know, close church. Not like, it's not that at all. It's just if, if, if we were maybe in a different place, we wouldn't do this, but we're not. We're where we are um, in, in a pretty isolated place, and so why not meet and worship those who can? Um, so, so the deal is we're not going to give others a hard time who didn't do it. And then if you're watching, we would ask you not to give us a hard time for doing it. Fair enough? Fair enough. So um, there's, uh, there's, there's clear teaching in Scripture in Romans 13. We'll be studying that in a couple months where we are told by God to honor the, the government, to, to, to give honor to the authorities that God has placed over us. And, and so, uh, again, I want to just say we're not doing anything to dishonor our governor. We may have different political views from him, um, and we certainly do, for instance, when it comes to the sanctity of life and abortion. We do. We disagree with him. This has nothing to do with a statement against the government or anything like that, meeting together. It doesn't. And, and so, so that leads me to the next thing, which in that same passage, we're, we're commanded to pray for our leaders so we should pray for Governor Roy Cooper. We should pray for the superintendent of schools in Cherokee County, Gina Conley, have meetings that I'll be attending tomorrow. We'll talk about that a little bit later on how we can help with the school system. We should pray for our president. We should pray for our Congress, pray for our nation, pray for healing physically for those that are sick. This is a time of national crisis. It doesn't matter what the, if you look at the the statistics of how many people have it. And bottom line is, and I, I was guilty earlier this week of saying, well, X number of people die from the flu every year. But the reality is, in terms of percentage, three or four people out of 100, that's scary. And that's what most, most statistics are, are agreeing on. That's a, that's a scary thing, that, that a 3%, 4% mortality rate uh, comes along with this illness. And so... We should pray for people, should pray for our country, should pray for our leaders, should pray for our medical workers. Um, we should pray for those that work in hospitals and work in uh, particularly in those higher concentrated areas. We should pray for our missionaries. Um, for instance, uh, um, Moose's sister and brother-in-law serve in Thailand, and I know that there's, they're seeing a spike there right now. Uh, we should pray for those that, that we know and love that are on the field Pray that the gospel is given great opportunity to advance in those communities where this is ravaging, you know, cities and, and, and societies. Um, and then I would, I would encourage you guys as, as our church, as our, um, as our local body, to be reminded that we, we don't deal with calamity the way the world does. So, so when you see people freaking out and hoarding toilet paper, for instance, I'm not making a joke, I'm not being funny, I'm not being cute. But when you see that, that, that should, the, the first reaction might be to, to laugh and be like, are you kidding me? Second reaction should be, 
Uh, don't forget that we don't process information the same way the world processes information. We have a steady and living hope. Amen? No matter what happens, the church in every generation has faced pestilence, war, persecution, something like that. The church always is, is going to face those things. And while we want to honor our community and honor the country and honor the, the, the society that we're a part of and try to help be a solution rather than an agitator to the problem, um, at, at the same time, we, while we conform to certain patterns and laws and rules, we, shouldn't, we should not be swept away into any sort of a panic because we know who's on the throne. We know that we serve the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. We know that we serve Jesus and that ultimately this is in the scope of God's sovereignty. We've talked a lot about God's sovereignty in our study of Romans. And so we need to take hope and confidence in that so we don't freak out. We don't, we don't freak out the, world, the way that the world might freak out. And lastly um, is this. I would encourage you to ask how you might take action in, in contributing to being a solution rather than part of the problem. So, for instance, some of us have neighbors who might be shut in or elderly, who might be in need of assistance, who, who are that maybe they have a way and a means to go to the grocery store, but they're scared to death. Uh, it would be awesome if we helped them by running and getting them groceries, running and getting their meds, do, you know, helping them out. Maybe, maybe this is an opportunity for gospel conversation in places where otherwise you may not be able to you know, get that conversation rolling. I was thinking today of situations where like, uh, these types of things always open people's minds and hearts to, to, to talk about things that otherwise they might not be willing to talk about. So look for gospel opportunities. Act in terms of how you might love and serve your community and your neighbors. One of the things we're going to be monitoring and then we'll communicate to y'all is I have a meeting tomorrow with leaders from the school system in Cherokee County. Um, they've met today. They're, they were meeting right as we were starting with the superintendent for the school of the state. They're doing a Skype conference with, with folks from every school in the county. And they're trying to come up with a solution where, I don't know if y'all realize this, but in Cherokee County, and I don't know the, the stats on Graham County or Swain um, or Clay, but I know that in Cherokee County, pretty much every kid is on free or reduced lunch. So like at the elementary school, everybody's on free and reduced lunch. So now there's, there's a, 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 like a social dilemma where you've got kids who really depend on the food that's provided for them at school. And then you've got families who have no means of caring for their kids or, or being able to go to work. So we're going to be studying how we might be able to step into a role there. You know, we, we, we have a natural connection with Pinwheel, but superintendent called me today, or uh, principal of one of the schools, rather, called me today and um, texted me. I always say call. Texted me. We texted back and forth. Um, and so I'm going to be speaking with her in the morning and just saying, um, and she actually reached out and said, what, can you guys help us? So we'll, we're going to have opportunities to serve our community that way this week. Okay, so let's all be willing to do our part. And, uh, and, and most importantly, let's pray. A verse that is often misquoted is in Second Chronicles seven fourteen, And we've all heard this a lot in our lives. But let me give you a quick context and I'll read this and we'll go to the Lord in prayer. Um, Second Chronicles 7 is the time where Solomon is dedicating the temple. 
So this has been a long process and an incredible process of of construction of the temple that will be like the center place of worship for God's people. And they come together and they, they, uh, they establish worship there. And in 2 Chronicles 7.11, it says this, Thus Solomon finished the house of the Lord and the king's house. All that Solomon had planned to do in the house of the Lord and in his own house, he successfully accomplished. Then the Lord appeared to Solomon in the night and said to him, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command the locust to devour the land or send pestilence among my people. Now listen, church, I don't, I don't want to politicize it. I also don't want to turn into a doomsday prophet. But we know that a sovereign God is in control of viruses and famines and pestilence. He's in, it's under the scope of his sovereign hand. And he promised Solomon at at a time of peace and prosperity in the church in Israel, there will be a time where I'm going to close up the heavens and it won't rain. There will be a time when when I send pestilence. There will be a time when famine ravages the land. And he's prophesying to Solomon, and we know because we have the whole of the Old Testament, that those things came to pass. And listen to what he says in, in a large, like, sort of contrary statement. But if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. There's, there's an opportunity that we have as Christians to, to pray on behalf of our, 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 our nation and our community and to go to the Lord and to intercede. And so tonight, as we prepare our hearts to worship through the hearing of God's word and as we prepare to hear the sermon we're going to take a few moments in just in, in prayer tonight. Let's just spend some time in prayer um, over the situation that's happening globally right now, and ask for God to to bring about a great increase in gospel opportunity, and and, and also pray for these other things that we've talked about tonight. And then uh, and we'll turn our hearts to the Lord um, to hear from His Word. So there you have it. That's uh, that's sort of what we shared with our people at Red Oak Church on Sunday. And I think it's pertinent uh, to share here on the podcast. Hope it's an encouragement to you. And uh, we're going to actually be putting out more content than normal during during these days because there's a lot of time on people's hands, I think, right now. A lot of folks working from home. A lot of people that are going to have a little bit more spare time than normal. Uh, so so reach out to us through social media if, if you haven't already. Um, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, uh you know, follow, go to the Snowbird website, make sure you're um, subscribed to all of our podcast content, not just the No Sanity Required podcast, but, uh, and, and feel free to ask questions. Uh, and, and we'd love to answer those questions here on the podcast. Hopefully uh, that will be an encouragement to other listeners. So hope this has been an encouragement today. Uh, remember that Jesus is sovereign. He is in control and he sits on the throne and we can have confidence in that. And we do not hope the way the world hopes. We have a living hope. And let's remember that. All right. See you next time. Thanks for listening to No Sanity Required. Please take a moment to subscribe and leave a rating. It really helps. Visit us at swoutfitters.com to see all of our programming and resources. And we'll see you next week on No Sanity Required.